0: Welcome to the FCCI Pathway to Purpose podcast. As a Christian business leader, how do you integrate your faith with business? And how do you leverage the platform of business to draw others closer to Christ? FCCI has been helping Christian business leaders on this journey since 1977. And we pray that the content you find here will serve you well in that endeavor. You can find additional resources and opportunities to engage with other Christian business leaders at FCCI.org. And now, enjoy the podcast.
1: Begin to think through what it means to be a Christian who leads a company. And what are the biblical passages that I am to apply? And what really are the distinctives? Well, that's what began FCC. The realization that we have not been talking to each other. And in addition, we have not been uh, preached to or taught to uh, ever before on the 80% of our lives, which takes place Monday through Friday. Some of us, more than 80% of our lives. This week for me, it's more than 80% of my life. Which means most of the sermons that you and I get and think through are ones which are church-related. And if you were to count the hours that you and I spend in church, it's very, very small. I used to live on a farm for about a year, and... Uh, There were sections of that farm that the kutsu, which is, uh, you have to live in the south to know about it, is just a thing that overtakes everything. And it'll it'll grow up your leg if you stand still for five minutes. (laughs) And I remember uh, getting the old bush hog on the uh, Ford 8N tractor and uh, coming home from work and relishing the time of attacking vines. And I can remember one day chopping away at those vines. And this is a pretty good-sized tractor. And uh, I was roaring ahead into the woods just having a ball. And um, my front wheel got, hu- got hooked on a katsu vine, and I was going away, second gear, too fast, obviously. And that tractor, as we pushed this way, and the vine on the front wheel picked the tractor just like like this, one vine. And um, from then on, I used the first gear with katsu. And I realized how strong uh, the vines can be. Initially, you don't pay much attention to them, but here it is, a vine, a weed, picking up a tractor. They begin to realize that the devices of Satan are never lightning. They're almost always a katsu that you don't pay attention to. And uh, if you don't pay attention to it, pretty soon it takes over, and you don't even know it was taken over. And I really feel the Christian marketplace, you and me, We've lost the battle and we never knew we were fighting. You know, if I'd have seen it was a fight, I'd have gotten my arms up and would have uh, got frustrated and got involved. But I never was aware that the church of Christ wasn't communicating to business. And yet that's where we live. And we have taken Christ and we have put him in uh, <laughs> stained glass buildings with soft pews. And it's almost like in our American culture today, Christianity is church. And yet if you study scriptures, you find Jesus all the time in the marketplace with the people. Living out of Christianity more outside the church than in the church. And this separation has caused, I believe, the greatest platform of Christianity to just basically sit there unused. So in a sense, we've tried to hack our ways out of the woods, and it's pretty rough. You know, we don't have four points all alliterated. And you're going you're to find yourself leaving uh, this time together having more questions than answers. That's because we have more questions than answers. And I can remember one of my graduate school teachers saying consistently to us, the process is more important than the product the process of wrestling through something and thinking it through is more, than, more valuable to you than the product that you come away with. I don't know if you make marketing plans or business plans in your own work, but the process of making an extensive marketing plan is more valuable than the plan. It's the process you go through. And we as a, a men and women who speak to you from the leadership of FCC, we have to be clearly heard so your expectations don't get beyond where reality is. Reality means we are at the beginning of this. And we've been in a process. And when we get together in a room and begin to speak and share and finally become transparent, as we oftentimes are in our board meetings, we recognize afresh that none of us around the table have the answers. So if your expectations are that when you leave this place and this orientation, You'll have a nice, neat package. You're not gonna have a nice, neat package. But we're gonna share with you the process. Well, it's really important that you don't think that any of us, including the speaker today, uh, has any more answers than you do. I struggle with the same questions of personnel and of profit and of uh, competition in the marketplace and making some really good <clears throat> wrong decisions. So we're all in this thing together and it's important to you that um, we all recognize that from the beginning. I think another thing that uh, we would say as a basic underlying uh, situation, the deeper my commitment becomes, the harder it becomes. My wife and I are learning some exciting lessons right now in our own marriage and our own um, stages of being a parent one of the things that we're learning is that we parent the opposite way god parents god parents you and i by making life hard he brings mountains sometimes (coughs) but valleys most frequently and deserts he puts in our way because out of those times is when greatest growth of integrity of dependence of spiritual vitality come from And we notice in our parenting, much to our chagrin and disappointment, that we do the opposite for our children. That is, we take away from them the hurdles that we can and make it easier. And how unlike we are in that way from God. So you're going to find that God's ways are not man's ways. If you're a normal parent, unless you have been very wise, you probably made it easier for your kids too and sometimes wish you didn't. God makes it harder. One of the most interesting Bible studies you can ever do is to take a Bible study on some of the significant leaders in Scripture, like Moses, David, and just chart out their lives on a sheet of paper, on the stress factors in it, with one question in the back of your mind. That question being, As they grew older, did their life become more and more stressful or less and less stressful? If you take Moses, it goes, stress, because he murdered the man. That was a sin. (laughs) And it goes down, not much stress. And then later on, boy, it just went like that. You take the life of David. I don't know of a part that wasn't full of stress. When he was anointed, stress began. You're going to be king. Me? I didn't ask to be king. Yes. Go see Saul. He goes see Saul and for the next two years he runs in the wilderness and hides in caves. Stress. <laughs> the anointing of God means hide in the cave. I told Darlene that I sometimes crawl in the cave. You know, I want to go in the cave, pull up the thing. And... Ever feel that way? You're not alone. That's, however, what makes greatness of spirit. And that's in the curriculum of God. And so seldom do we really present the way of God initially up front, honestly one with another. And that is, uh, there is a call of discipleship that God gives to you and I. And the call of discipleship really, from his point of view, is holistic. It's all of our lives. Typically, in America today, we divide his call upon our lives to two different factors. That is, my personal life and my business life. And we find many of us in this room have grown personally and spiritually as an individual and have had those challenging times all the way along. And then catch, oh, you mean as God, I can become a disciple in my own walk with God, this whole arena of this part of my life called my work life, that God wants to invade it just as significantly and just as radically as my personal life. Is a whole new thought. And we find in all of our lives as that transition goes on, that is, as we have the courage in our walk with God to trust Him more personally, then the thought eventually is planted there by God what about this next area of our lives? And as that next area comes, our expectations are that area will get easier. And in reality, it oftentimes gets easier for a little bit to encourage you and then it will surprisingly not work because that's where you will build a conviction. I was out in Portland speaking to a whole lot of people at a conference recently, two weeks ago, and I spent a very interesting lunch with an 18-year-old young man who just graduated from college and went out to Germany to work for the summer with... um, the armed forces, children. There's a whole cities out there of American forces. And he says all that's there on those bases uh, are people, Americans, who basically don't venture out of the area. There's a gym, there's a movie, and there's a game room. And that's all there is. He said uh, over 90% of all the seniors in high school are not virgins by the time they get there. Well over 80% of them regularly use drugs, and over 50% of them are close to being alcoholics. And I said to him, in other words, there's a much different lifestyle than you growing up in a religious home were used to. And he said, yes. I said, you must have really been tempted. Were you? Yes, I really was. I said, well, how did you handle it? We had a great conversation. You know what happened this summer? What happened this summer was a tremendously exciting transition where his beliefs that really came from his parents and his church was tested. And that belief, in my opinion, made the exciting transition where it became a conviction. A belief is something you can control according to the circumstance you're in. A conviction controls you personally. I don't know of how God builds convictions except through tests. And therefore, when you come to a new area of your life, that is, I would like to apply biblical principles in my business. Ladies and gentlemen, You do not have convictions probably too thoroughly in that area because you haven't been thinking about it and therefore when you move into it you're going to have some belief systems and god's obvious desire is that those belief systems become convictions and therefore those tests will come in there and some of them will be severe because that particular conviction is so important in god's eyes to your well-being in the future I think a third thing needs to be said by way of introduction to all of FCC is none of us in this room are at the same place spiritually, are we? None of us. There's almost a a long line from absolute maturity, which is Christ. And absolute paganism, who would be Satan? And if you put morality in here, uh, you'd be asking the wrong question because you can have very moral non-believers. But somewhere in here, you become a Christian. The rest of your life, uh, you're going to be struggling to move in this direction. All of us in this room who happen to claim Christ as our personal savior are somewhere on this line, aren't we? I'm sure there's some of us here, and there may be a few people here. Probably the most of us are in the middle somewhere. The stuff that we're going to be sharing as we go through these four sessions together are all across this line. And some parts of our conversation, you're going to begin saying, oh, that's exactly right. Some of you are going to be saying later on, I didn't get much out of that. But somebody right next to you could be saying, oh, that's where I'm at. And if you realize that that's where it is and that God has one goal in mind and that's to move all of us in this direction, then you leave room for it. Some of the things that will be shared are inappropriate if you're here. They'll just be inappropriate. Some of them that we'll be sharing if you're here and I'm sharing in this end, you better not start doing it because that's inappropriate. First of all, I wanna talk about the problem. And in a sense, I've been talking about the problem a little bit. That is what areas are there that cause us to have this uh, issue that we're talking about? Why do we even need this conference? The second area is the philosophy. That is, why do we believe the way we believe? How does it all fit together? The third are the priorities. And the fourth one is the plan. Now, typically, when you're around businessmen, they're result-oriented people. They want to know how. Tell me how. If you study scripture at all, and I think many of you in the room do, you already know that God never starts here. This, this is the how. Uh, this is the what. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do what I'm supposed to do? And this is really together why. Why to what to how. Typically, our desires are tell me what to do and how to do it. That is, hurry up and give me the three steps to do something. If you've uh, studied uh, the way way we have, you'll find out that many times when you give and communicate how you do something without the reasons behind it, people get excited emotionally with the how, but no life change takes place. It doesn't take place because Christianity doesn't work that way. You take the book of Romans you'll find out that Romans basically has two parts. Chapters 1 through 11 and 12 to 16. And the first 11 chapters are all about the why. And the last chapters are basically about the what with a little bit of how. These are the reasons why I ought to uh, give myself to God. Romans 12, therefore, because of these things, Give your bodies to Christ because, if you remember that passage, this is your reasonable. Why is it reasonable? It's reasonable because I just gave you 11 chapters of reasons. And we find with each other that this is the behavior right here. And this is the belief. Most of the time, we try to work on our behavior without fixing our belief. If your beliefs don't change, your behavior will never change. That's why in scripture, it's always belief followed by behavior. You take the book of Ephesians, it's the same way. I mean, all of them are. One to three, four to six. There's not one command here. There's dozens of commands here. (laughs) This is all doctrine. This is all duty. You take the book of Hebrews. It's doctrine, practice, doctrine, practice. These are called warnings in Hebrews. Always what to think about first. That's why we're not going to drunk to the practical. We're going to start over here. In a sense, if your heart gets changed, your life will change. Because when you uh, decide something is true in your life and you deeply believe it, you don't really, honestly, need somebody to tell you how to do it. You just go do it. If you deeply believe something, you will do it. And really, the degree in which we have this in our hearts, this will take place. It's almost like going to a playground and, at a grammar school. You sat on the side and watched. You'd eventually see uh, a person, a younger adolescent, becoming the bully in the playground, pushing kids around. Your initial reaction is to run down and say, shape up, son. Stop pushing. That is, let's fix the behavior. Wait a minute. Why is that man, that young boy, pushing somebody around? What does he think about himself that's wrong? Once the belief is corrected, the behavior changes. I've tested this, and we don't have time tonight to do it, but let me give you the illustration. If I were to say, take out and give me the ten underlying truths here, the beliefs about business in Scripture, from the most important to the least important, can you think of what they are? Are they clear in your mind? Or is it all fuzzy? And you say, I've never thought of that question before. And see, the problem is our belief system is not clear and not thought through, and it's hazy, and guess what also is hazy? The behavior is hazy. I came back from Chicago where I was speaking at uh, Moody's Founders Week, and one of the rides that I got was with a taxi cab driver, and uh, he helped us make a close plane because of uh, speaking... And I gave him a, a pretty good tip. And I said, can I have a receipt? He said, yeah. And then he added 10 bucks to the total. And I said, this is more than I paid you. He said, I know, but you gave me a good tip. And now, you can have your tip. And I, I said to him, do you do that often? He says, yeah. Yeah, it works great. <laughs> and i said to my son at dinner time i said david what do you think i should have done cuz nobody would ever know see it's deceit and therefore it's bringing back to belief because we have been talking over these past 7 years with men and women like yourselves we have all come to realize that our belief system is really hazy and if your belief system's hazy your behavior you don't even know when you're stepping outside the boundaries because the boundaries haven't been clearly set up. So that's where we're going to deal with this issue right here.
0: Thanks for listening to FCCI's Pathway to Purpose podcast. FCCI is a global movement of servant leaders who help each other lead companies for Christ. And the value of this content is greatly enhanced when you journey together with other Christian business leaders from around the world. Learn more at FCCI.org. And let others know about the great content you've discovered here on the podcast. Thanks for listening and leading a company for Christ.